Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, we're going to cover the West Coast Series Round 1 tournament that took place in L.A. this past weekend. And with so much to uh, cover and discuss, uh, here to help me out for Part 1, at least, is Serge Ferrari from Rise of Brutality. Should be no stranger to the uh, Dodgeball community. Serge, thank you so much for uh, hopping on and being willing to lend your thoughts, man. I appreciate it. Now, thank you, Steve. Uh, the pleasure is mine. I uh, love what you're doing. Keep keep doing it, and thanks for having me on. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Um, so, wow, uh, Elite One in the books uh, or West Coast? Is it West Coast or is it West? Is it West I think, now? Well, I think they just call it the West region. West. Yeah, West region. Yeah, I like West Coast. Yeah, uh, it's it's the rest region uh, round one, so it's it's time for me to get with the times. But uh, I mean, this is like my first West, one, my first one ever. Uh, I've never been able to make it to a March one, so I'm really happy to have been able to take part and and kind of see this through through the beginning. I, beginning, I usually come in through um, towards the end. So, what? Um, and this is kind of a loaded question, but what are your your thoughts overall just on the event, like? You know, are you still are you still sore? Are you still recovering? Um, you know, did it live up to your expectations? Kind of weird to dive in, but let's just uh, let's just get right into it. Well, I think I think um, it was a great event. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I don't have a good memory for these kind of things, but if I'm not mistaken, I think this was one of the bigger regional tournaments we've had. Uh, there were 20 teams for open. 27 teams for co-ed and I think 17 teams for women's wow and so it was uh, it was a really big tournament and uh, considering the size I think that uh, everything ran very smoothly um, the gym was very nice it was um, set up on I think nine courts is that right Steve three six yeah nine courts the nine courts are it certainly accommodated the um, the size of the tournament and so that's that's always a good thing you know there's always this tension uh you know the old dialectic between quantity and quality and so i think that you know you're always concerned about having too many teams because then that takes away you know from the amount of games teams play but mark was able to do uh do it right and get in a gym that accommodated so many teams and so we ended up playing a lot and it was overall a really good tournament yeah, and and what a gym too, by the way. It was, um, I mean, I, you know, you and me, we we played through. I mean, you name it, from dilapidated, falling apart gyms to, I mean, we can just go through all the mo- uh, all the gyms out there. But this one felt just, just I mean, the, everything about this elite just felt like it. Everything is stepped up. I mean, the the gym was amazing. The facility was great. Uh, yeah. There's, I mean. It's gonna sound petty, but there was adequate parking. There was plenty of space. We had a whole entire other gym to dedicate to putting all of our stuff in. We had like a kind of security guard there, kind of monitoring the event. Right. Um, it, it was just so, uh, so awesome. It was great. It was great to see all of the um, the rise uh, stickers all over the gym. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you appreciate that. <laughs> I really appreciate. Yeah, I think I was like a. They had some kind of motto, and rise was a big. It was like a key word in the motto, and so everywhere I turned, I would see rise, and it would just bring a big smile to my face. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll bet. But, um, but all those, <laughs> in all seriousness, all those things that you mentioned were um, were really um, good points about this gym. I think it was a great gym. The only the only critique I would have is that it wasn't so GoPro friendly. Um, and this being my first gym with a GoPro, I was really bummed that I wasn't able to use it. <laughs> but but I still I think people figured out how to work uh, work it nonetheless, and and you know captured some good footage. So all in all, I would say it's a great gym. Yeah, for sure. And it, it's funny just to open up, you know, a recap talking about the gym because again, just going back to how far elites come from. For me, it was like the first. Um, it was twenty thirteen, April. And I forget what gym it, it, it was, but it, it was one that's constantly used at in LA. And mm-hmm. it, it's not a bad gym. It's just to go from that to, to this one, like, holy crap. I mean, and then to go from maybe 14, 12 teams or so to, to 20, and you said 27 in co-ed. I mean, it felt like, it almost felt like a national event for me. It just, just cause yeah. there's just so much going on and so many courts and, um, yeah, it, it, I'm still blown away by, by how much has changed for the better. And, it's uh it was just incredible um are you have you recovered from from the event are you still sore or 
Mark's gonna hate me in saying this, but I don't usually get too too sore after <laughs> after the tournament, Steve. In all seriousness, uh, in all honesty, um, I my my legs get a little tight, but I think since I'm one of the guys who is always running the entire time, um, it it's just something I've gotten used to over the years, and maybe since I've been doing it for so many years. But um, I'm not I'm not too sore, and um, and so yeah, I'm ready to go. I'm ready. I'm ready to do another tournament <laughs> for another one. <laughs> yeah, I went to uh, I went to foam our foam league on, on Tuesday night, and uh-huh. I mean, not that I'm great at foam anyway. I think it's a running joke about how bad I am, but just the the desire to move or at least attempt to dodge the way I could have during the weekend was just not there. I was like, uh, my body's just like. I don't even know why you're here, man. Just just stop. Like you, you need a couple more days to to recover. But I guess that's a testament to your overwell conditioning and the fact that you've been doing this for so long. So it's kind of cool to hear that you're not sore. Um, yeah, it just gives me gives me hope to to get in better condition. But um, one well, of the I'm not word now since you repeat since since we're talking about it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but no, there was a lot of there was a lot of play time, and so so. You know, I was really happy that we got to play so many teams and play for so long, and and not um, you know sort of negotiate the play time because of how many teams we've had because of how many teams we had. Um, so it was it was great. It was a really good tournament. Yeah, and I, I think uh, so. We we had a round robin for open was, was cut short, wasn't it? Was was it was that or was it coed? No, it was open. It was open. Um, yeah, I think it was cut short, short a few rounds, but if I'm not mistaken, I think the schedule um, sort of ambitiously set up um, more rounds than we normally play. Right. And so, so I didn't notice much in terms of in terms of play time um, being taken away or anything like that. Right. 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 Yeah, it's um, it's so funny because I this this isn't the first time round robin play was cut short but it's it wasn't at least for me I, I wasn't upset about it like i was i was partially most like oh dang we don't get to play against uh these teams but at the same time like i was ready to go into to bracket play because we still had a whole nother division left to go and so i i guess just from experience of, of knowing what it's like when the finals are consolidated and you have to like have a winner within five minutes or so and you have those time constraints to deal with i'd rather take away from round robin play especially after we've got like you know eight or ten games in at the intensity that each team is providing so i really didn't see that as a big deal um and it, it's good to just kind of take away from round robin versus um you know uh the, the back end so it was still a lot of dodgeball all the same yep i agree i agree 100 percent um i was kind of so, looking oh go ahead Good, I just said good job, Mark. You did what? You did good. Yeah, no, I, I was actually going to say a uh, major shout out to to Mark and Glenn uh, and Vince, and then it looked like per Tyler's article here, um, shout out to to Brendan Tickner uh, for just all those guys making this happen. Um, yeah. And it was said that this was the best uh, run elite tournament to date. And from a West Coast perspective, West uh, perspective, I I agree. Like it, they just the bar keeps getting set up higher and higher. And um, you, you can probably attest to this. You know, the NDL would say the same thing, right? <laughs> like this was the best DWC to date, right. but uh, they would just be the bar would be set so low. It's not. It wasn't like you were trying to do much to, to make that happen. So it, it's um, for me that that saying this is the best run tournament to date. It means it, and I just know that next one's going to be that much better, and, and so on and so forth. So very exciting stuff. And you know what? I think um, one thing that contributed to that. Um, in addition to the effort of all of those people you mentioned, is um, is what David Tetz um, mentioned on Facebook. He I think he had a really good post that um, highlighted um, how the new refing system worked very well, and I agree with him. I think um, you know I was one of the refs for my team. Assigned it was Tyler and I who uh, had to ref for the entire tournament, and it was good knowing you know exactly when we had to ref on what court. And overall, I feel like you know the system just contributed to you know the tournament running so so efficiently, and so I'm happy that this is um, you know something that we're going to be doing now into the future, and it's 
you know, something, at least for me, it, that is a welcome development for sure. Yeah, that's a really good point. The because I I refed for for my team uh, for for grit, and so I always knew thanks to Ons um, letting us know where to be, when to be there, and even for how long. So like, I I even got like my fair share of breaks. Like it wasn't like I was refing or playing. It wasn't one or the other. It was um, you know I'm going to ref this round and I got this round off, and then we're playing these next two rounds, and so. It just felt like a really good balance, but also it just felt like order. Like it wasn't me just picking up my whistle and seeing what court needed me. It was, no, I, I just, I'm going to be here so I can camp right. out and be ready. To, and um, that was awesome. I, I, that's a good uh, thing to point out. Um, was that kind very of the same with you? Very structured. Something that we definitely like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, structure. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, what did you think of that ref test? I liked it. You did? I liked it. Yeah. Um, there was one question that, there was one question that I got stuck on, and and I, I'll admit I, I did I did pull up my my notes and, and look and looked it up. It was the uh, catching out question, uh, the one about you know jumping in the air and catching a ball and then being hit by another ball that hits the ground before you actually land. And my instinct was to initially my instinct was to answer that the player you know would would have not made you know a successful catch because the other ball deemed um, him or her dead before actually completing the catch but then something about something about the wording of the question made me question myself right and I looked it up in the rule and I found that I was indeed wrong so I ended up answering it correctly but my my initial thought was wrong huh. but but in general I liked it I think I think the questions were very good I think they highlighted you know those key points that most people have questions on and and yeah i tip my hats to those guys who you know work so hard in putting those things together yeah it was it was i want to say intense i always say intense but it, it was very thorough and when they when uh, it was announced that you had like each team had to produce two refs already mm -hmm. that was like oh wow they're, they're taking this very seriously this year when it was announced that these refs would be compensated they'd get their their money back or whatever the the amount is it's like oh wow so this is a great way to make sure that they actually do stick with it other than making it a requirement and then the referee test came out it was like oh holy crap they're, they're not playing they're not playing around like this is going to be the standard from now on and um i don't want to allude to what my score was but i definitely needed to reread the rules a few times uh -huh. and i felt like that was that was awesome i mean we're, we're always you know, you're always going to complain about the refs missing a call, and there's just some that you just you can't help. They're just going to be questionable regardless of what you can do. But for those um, things that you can help, that's definitely just a, another huge step forward, and it's just it's just really awesome. I mean, it, it definitely takes some time to study, but at the same time, you're, you're technically getting paid for it, so you don't really have room to complain about doing the extra work. So that was just an awesome addition as well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think it's only going to get better, you know? Um, I feel like uh, because people, because we're, you know, taking this refing system into consideration so seriously, um, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have, you know, it's going to transfer into the, into the games, into the quality of the games. You're going to have better refs that know the rules very well, that are excited about doing it. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to sort of, you know, weed out the week, I guess, for lack of a better expression, you know, those people who don't really want to ref but are forced to, and so they sort of, you know, already approach the task with, you know, not the most excited um, sort of, you know, opinion about it. And and now with the system in place, you have the people that really do want to do it, take it more seriously, and I think it's gonna, like I said, you know, end up, you know, increasing the quality of the matches from 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 a ref point of view. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I got, um, th there's this one question where it's like, when you're refing, should you be talking to somebody? Should you be on your phone? Should you X, Y, Z? Right. I was like, that's a, that's a stupid question. Of course not. Oh. Like, what kind of idiot would be doing that? And then, right. unfortunately, there was this one um, situation where there was a play that I was watching, but uh, Joe, I think, was was talking to me, and I knew, like, Okay, th this this has to stop. Like I I know sometimes I'll I'll banter back and forth because you know we're we're playing dodgeball. We're excited to see each other. We want we want to you know socialize just a little bit. 
Right. But I just remember that question. It's like, oh man, you better not be a hypocrite now. You got to tell Joe you can't talk. You got to, you know, focus on yep. the game. Even though you think you're focusing, you, you got to stop. And so it's... Yeah, uh, I'm guilty of that. Um, but yeah, it's it's something to think about, you know? We yeah. want to take this to the next level. And, and those, you know, the nuances are what matter. For sure. So speaking on, um, you know, nuances and taking things to the next level, uh, long sleeve jerseys, they're, they're, they're becoming more popular, I feel. Um, okay. My team, both Grit and both uh, Abyss had long sleeves and, that, and now I'm a believer. Um, what are your thoughts on those? Like, I, I, Rise, do you guys have the option for long sleeves or is it just short sleeve no. and that's it? No, just the short sleeve. I mean, aesthetically, if you want my opinion, I'm not a fan. Um, you're just making me hot, you know, by looking at you. Uh, <laughs> so it's it's just I don't know. I can't I can't really say so much about it. I can't. I have I have no experience to speak from. So so maybe you can tell me how <laughs> how it worked for you. They, does it, does it, did you did you find yourself being too hot throughout the day, or or do you feel like it keeps you warm and loose? Um, I didn't feel any hotter than I normally would have. Uh huh. And I don't know if that's just because I didn't play as intensely, or I spent more time in the queue than on the actual court, or what it could have been. But <laughs> I I would have thought the same thing. I would have thought I'm gonna burn up and and die in one of those things. Um, right. But maybe maybe it was like the the type of material that was used. But I just felt cool and 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 normal. And um, the only the only issue I had was I didn't get to wear my throwing brace underneath, but I didn't have to. So mm-hmm. may take a couple more more reps to to find out if it does impact you. But um, I dig them. I, I think they look cool, and um, I don't think they impact the way I play at all. And I don't know if that's the same for for other people. But for some reason, you know, visually, at least in my opinion, they, they look pretty, pretty dang sharp. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess, um, you know, I kind of feel like an old timer here, you know, like, a, you know, like that, that sort of uh, traditional grandpa, you know, just kind of <laughs> complaining about change. Yeah. Know? Oh, no. I mean, I, if there's yeah. one person that hates change, it's, it's me. So, yeah. no, but it's, <laughs> it, who knows? Maybe, maybe you'll see Rise with, with uh, long sleeve shirts next year. If I get outvoted, that 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 will certainly be the case. That'd be hilarious. I'll, I'll have to remember this conversation if that's the case. <laughs> so, uh, so going, let's go into the teams a little bit. Um, open division, you know, it was, you had the predictions. Um, it was, you know, Doom and Rise top two, and then Titan as three, and then four. I think Rainbows might have been projected. I'd have to look at the specific post, but uh, not the case. I mean. You know, yeah. How, what actually what went down? So so yeah, it was it was a very interesting turnout. Um, the top two teams was um, you know more conventional, more more sort of um, you know as as it has been in the past. Doom Doom finished uh, in first place, and Rise of Brutality, my team finished in second place. But everything below was was uh, somewhat shocking. Um, Gridlock, props to them, ended up in third place, and and they had an exceptional showing. Um, in my opinion, maybe one of the best showings of all of the teams there. Um, when we played them in, I think it was the finals of the losers bracket. The losers, um, yeah. So so the is is that is that how you call it? The finals of the losers. Um. So before you go and play the the undefeated. Uh, team in the winners yeah I think I mean, that, it's, so, a, it's so, a losers bracket so yeah the finals of the losers bracket right so that's when we played them and they had they had a new strat like they had a new strategy they had an, I couldn't really figure it out but it was it was pretty tough to match up against and so I was really excited to see them you know turn it up a notch and and you know come come out with something new and they're a real like cerebral team and so so it's something that is expected from them but but yeah, I was really excited to see them play and do so well. I think they got knocked into, so I'm looking at the bracket now. Gridlock got knocked into the loser's bracket in the second round against Titan. And then they fought their way through the loser's bracket to match up in the finals of the losers against us. 
but before that went in a total of six games in the losers bracket wow. again against some pretty big names and so I was really happy to see what they were able to do at that tournament so that was one of the unexpected um, development um, the second one that I would say is um, I think Arsenal also had a really good showing they were the seventh seed I'm looking here again at the bracket they were the seventh seed going into bracket play but finished in fourth place which is great um, so I was really happy to see what they did let's see exactly who they played I think they um, they beat Riot in the first match and then we knocked them into the losers bracket but in the losers bracket they also had an exceptional climb um, beating Grit your team Steve yeah I remember that that was yeah. that, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, two that was that was a good that was a good fight like I felt because we lost two to one so it wasn't a shutout and then that last game if memory serves me correctly um, there was just a really good catch on on their end that brought uh-huh. that brought uh, Jarrell back in and I don't know if this is new to me but I've, I've, I have not seen him tee off more than I have this past weekend like he was just murdering people and so I took it upon myself to take him out as fast as I could, and we both uh-huh. made an exchange, and I thought, okay, I took out their you're worst threat. You're talking about Jarrell, right? Yeah, Jarrell. I'm sorry. Jarrell. I'm yeah. so sorry. <laughs> Jarrell. And, uh, but when he got back in there, you know, he, he finished us off, and, um, but I, I don't know what he's doing, but he's throwing a lot harder, and he seems a lot more aggressive than I remember. So um, when I saw that Arsenal, you know, ended up taking fourth, I didn't, I didn't feel so bad. You know, it's better to, you know, lose to a team that's going to go far and, and, completely dominate the rest of the teams as they progress upwards than losing to, you know, a team that, you know, may not have played so high or, or got completely shut out. So Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think I think they were on their A game. They after 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 winning that match against you guys, they beat Titan. Uh yeah. which which was a huge match. And then they went on to beat Havoc, another another big match. Uh finally losing to Gridlock, who again, you know, was also on their A game. So that was another um unexpected development and then I would say that um, Fortune so Fortune was another another surprise this is um, Lucas's new team from Seattle right and and they did exceptionally well they they pl- they tied for fifth place with havoc um, and and they were able to beat if I'm not mistaken I think they were able to, I think Lucas's team was able to beat Rainbows. Let's take a look at the bracket very quickly. I can't find them here, but I think they also had a pretty exceptional route to to get to that place and and played some pretty big names. Um, so props to them. And and then finally, I would say that Tuda uh, also had a really good showing. This is um, I think this is their first elite. They played at Tyler's uh, tournament. What was the name of that? What was the name of that tournament? The the Tribune, right? Yeah, the Tribune. So they played at the Tribune and did very well there, as expected, because they they do come from sort of a no sting background, and then you know, in my opinion, that sort of translates more uh, with the foam. But everyone was kind of seeing, you know, waiting around, seeing, um, waiting around to see exactly what they were able to do in eight, with eight point five, and they did well. They tied for seventh place with Titan. So I think that's. Um, that's a really good showing for for their first elite tournament. I would say so. I mean, if you can if you can tie with Titan, that, that's not bad. Um, yeah, I really liked what um, how Tyler put this in, in the article. Um, it said, while the open division finals match was a familiar chapter in the Doom Rise rivalry, the rest of the tournament was a good preview of the dogfight that the West has become. The region is no longer just about Doom and Rise. And while you guys, you know, were, were top two, obviously, and you battled it out for the championship again, the the rest of the slots, third through what have you, are, I feel like they're still up for grabs. Like, you would, again, expect Titan or Rainbows to be, and I think maybe it was Gridlock that would get top five that would kind of just be, you know, just a typical day. But that's not the case anymore. So it's really cool to see new teams like Tuda come out and Arsenal step up and Gridlock you know, come in swinging, and it, it's just really exciting because now it's like, who's going to give Doom and Rise a run for their money now? So it's pretty crazy. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of new teams with a lot of potential, 
And, you know, I, I just really hope that they stick around so that they have the time to, you know, develop that chemistry. Um, and, and I think, you know, come, you know, the end of the season, they're going to, they're going to, you know, be some big time competitors. That's for sure. Interestingly, though, um, despite a lot of the hype surrounding the new blood, you'll notice that the top four teams are among some of the oldest blood of the elite. Uh, Doom and Rise, obviously, but Gridlock, and then also Arsenal. So that was kind of an interesting observation that I had as well. Um, That's true. Gridlock and Rise being the two oldest teams of the elite, um, the only of the original eight. And so that was kind of interesting, but everything below was just kind of up for grabs, as you mentioned. Yeah. Um, I really do think Fortune and Tuda are going to be some heavy hitters moving forward. And, and I also do think, uh, despite not the best showing in this particular tournament, I think he also has something, you know, has, has something else to show. Um, I think maybe they just had a rough tournament this time, this round. But if they stick it out, I think, I think they're going to be a top contender as well. And some of the other teams as well. I mean, all in all, I think, as, you meant, as Tyler's article mentioned, it's going to be a dogfight. I agree with that. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting way to put it. And with respect to Heat, I mean, if they can, if they can take their no sting and and foam skills and and hone those into eight point five, they're gonna be a very scary team. Yeah, I, I watched um, Isidro catch just phenomenal balls yesterday or on Tuesday for during foam, and I was like, man, if you ever if you catch eight point five balls like that one day, like you're just gonna hurt a lot of people's feelings. Like you're, it's it just it's incredible how. How well they can play so i would think kind of like what you said earlier if, if these teams can can stick together you know take the next couple weeks or the next month or so and practice you know i, I think you would see a lot of the same dog fighting but it would just be more like just sharper if that makes sense like like less mistakes and more you know grinding the other team down until that big breakout play happens but it yeah. just continue to be far more more and more fierce that's that's what it comes. I think you hit it right. You hit the nail right on the head, Steve. I think that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. I mean, these teams have great talent. There's no question about it. I mean, some of these teams have players that are just throwing heat, you know, just and and have great hands and just in general are just really great athletes. But at the end of the day, it comes down to making very few mistakes and knowing how to play, you know, with the players on your team, having that chemistry. Knowing what you know, player X is going to do and when he's going to do it or when she's going to do it, um, and and sort of you know being able to play off each other very well, and then and so if, you know it, I think that's the key ingredient that may be missing. Um, but you know the more we play, the longer they stick around, um, the more competitive and and you know up in the air everything's going to be. I don't think it's going to be you know the familiar doom and rise story that we've had for several years now. I think it's going to change. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's that's something that I think is very exciting and and um, and a positive turn for the sport in general. So that that kind of brought up like a potentially interesting point, and that's I was just going to ask you why do you think it's always rise and doom? Like why why is that? But then as I was asking that mentally, I, I just remembered. Well, look at the roster. Look at the fact that they've been the same consistent core group with like one or two changes here and there throughout the years. And that's it. So, like, yeah, you guys practice all the time. You guys play together more. That might be why. Because if you look at uh, Gridlock, they also have a pretty consistent roster. Um, I don't know if there's anybody new that's been added other than um, Nate Evans, who was yeah. a seventh player. So, when I played with Gridlock in July, you know, I was like a temporary fill-in. They they were a very cohesive unit, and I think the only player that they had missed was uh, Tillman's because he had retired and then they right. had Kale who was out because he was uh, I think he was recovering from an injury but um, obviously he made a huge difference I would say and then uh, Marcus Westbrook who I think he may have earned the, the Open Division MVP uh, also stood out but then you just have the same guys that are lining up with you time in and again so it makes sense that they would have a better showing than some of the newer teams that are, or some of the teams that are making more of these like roster switches because you guys have had more time on the court together versus showing up on day one. This is maybe your first time playing with a brand new team or with half a new roster. 
so you have to kind of get the kinks out, but you're using the actual tournament to do so. So yeah. I wonder if that's why we always see Rise and Doom as, you know, duking it out for the championship. And then that's why it's like the same old story. I think I think that's I think that's a big factor. Um, you know, we we have a strategy, we have plays, and I'm sure other teams do as well, teams that have been around for a while. And and as long as you can get everyone to buy into it and everyone is operating as a unit and you don't have, you know, individual superstars that want to go and do it all themselves and throws everything off tilt, I think that's at least for us, that has been our secret. Right. We, you know, we we buy in to the strategy and then to the specific plays that we you know practice, and and my suspicion is that a lot of these other teams who have been around uh, for a long time as well also do that. So so the secret is, I guess, at the end of the day, time, right? Yeah. Uh, time and being able to you know understand that it's a team sport and that you need to play with the other players on your team have specific roles and have a strategy have an overall I mean we we change our strategy you know it doesn't stay the same every year the strategy is sort of the bigger the bigger picture the, the you know the style that we're gonna adopt are we gonna be more aggressive on offense are we gonna be a little bit more passive are we gonna are we gonna try to strike more from a sort of a tactical defensive posture that's sort of the, the strategy right that encompasses the overall style of play and then you have very specific plays right that specific people are assigned to do in specific situations. So all of those things doesn't just kind of fall from the sky. It doesn't happen naturally. You know, the natural talent is something that, you know, happens, you know, from the get-go. You have players that have great arms that are just athletic, that come, you know, with baseball backgrounds and can do specific things really well. But this, this sort of cohesiveness that I think a lot of these older teams have is something that can only come with time. And so, so hopefully these teams stick around because, you know, the more competition, the better, the better this thing's going to get. Going back to, you know, the, going back to Heat, you know, as you mentioned, I think they're going to, you know, they do come from a phone background, but, you know, they're they're showing up to the elite um, more regularly. And so I have, you know. There's no doubt in my mind that if they stick to it, they're gonna they're gonna be one of the top compen- can you know contenders. I think Isidro's um, moving to San Diego, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna you know hold them hostage and have them you know play 0.5 regularly on Sundays. Is that so? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the yeah. tip. I'll uh, I'll keep that in mind when I see him next week. Yeah, yeah. He does, he doesn't like it, but it's gonna happen. Well, he would be in good hands if that's the case, but. Um, I kind of wanted to, to not read off, but there were a couple other mentions uh, in this article, and you can kind of add to that if you if anybody stands out in your mind. But some of the other standout performances were Daniel Ronk out of Havoc yeah. or from Tucson, which always makes me uh, happy. Even though I live in Phoenix, I'm still happy to see Tucson show up in some mm-hmm. form. Um, Arsenal's, Arsenal's uh, Maddox Helmerk. Yeah, yeah. He was... So- I. Is he from? I have to check, but was he formerly from the Bay Area? From the Bay Area, yeah. He's okay. a stud. He's he's an upcoming player, um, and he did great. He did great. Yeah, he was. Uh, I'm sure he was really helpful for Arsenal. Um, and then I did already mention uh, Marcus. Uh, how about on your end? Just either playing alongside with or against? Did you notice anybody that really stood out and kind of gave you a run for your money, or just wow, that guy's looking really good, or he's throwing really hard, or catching phenomenally? Um, so, so just kind of going through the list you just mentioned, Ronk, I mean, came with fire. We did not want to get hit by that guy, and we were getting hit by that guy. Um, he was teeing off on our team. I think Havoc was the only team that beat us in round robin, and in large part due to Ronk's fire. Wow. He, was, he was just hitting us right center in the chest and hard. And, and so we had to, you know, we, we had to figure him out. We had to. That, and we could we did it at the end of the day because they beat us in, in round robin. That was the only team that beat us. And and so yeah, I think I think I think it was um, correct of Tyler's um, post to, to sort of put a spotlight on him. I think he did very well. Um, the other players, Maddox, great catching, um, very patient player, and so I think he also had a really good showing. I didn't get a chance to see too much of of um, Arsenal's play, but 
But I've seen Maddox play before, and I, I just think he's an all-around good player. He's an up-and-coming. He wants to learn. He's hungry. And then um, who else did you mention? Uh, Mark, did you say Marcus? Oh, Marcus, Westbrook. yeah. Westbrook, yeah. Um, yeah, so, so he played well. as He also had a really – I think all of those players on that team had a really good game. When we played them, they, they, they just kind of you know, put us on our toes. It was a really strategic match. They were doing some new things we hadn't seen before, and it was sort of affecting our rhythm. And so, props to props to all of the players on gridlock. Uh, one player that wasn't mentioned in Tyler's article, specifically in, in open, right? I'm, I'm assuming we're still focusing on open. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, was Lucas? He he um, he did some exceptional plays. There was one play that he did against us. Um, it wasn't necessarily a play; it's just something that he did. We had a play actually that we were executing on his team, and he just stopped it, dead in its tracks, and ruined everything. <laughs> he just said um, no. <laughs> and he, was, he caught me point blank, and then he pushed past Tim, and Tim was like, "Wait, you're out!" And he pointed at Lucas, and he said, "You're out." And Tim didn't see him get hit, but he, Tim understood <laughs> the way it should have worked, right? Right. And, and the play is like, you know, it should be like 99% success rate, and Lucas managed to squeeze that 1% out somehow magically. Um, but he looked at Lucas, and he said, you're out. And he looked at me, and I was shaking my head. I was like, no, he caught me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and so he ruined that play. And and so anyway, I think that wasn't the only moment I saw him doing cool stuff. I saw him catching a lot and throwing, and and so he's he's a really exciting. You know, I get really excited to see him play. I think he's he's just genuinely having fun out there, and at the same time, strategic in what he's doing. And and I really tip my hat to the fact that you know he's bringing out a new team for the elite. Um, he left a really good team. And and I also like the fact that the team is you know centrally located in one city. I think that that's going to help them out in developing you know this cohesiveness that is so important. You know, the more they play together, the better they're going to get. And and so that's great. I think I think he was another player that should be highlighted. I think he had an exceptional tournament. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I was going to say you said your your play had a ninety nine percent success rate, right? So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's maybe yeah, I'm, maybe, that's, I'm, maybe I'm embellishing a little bit, but it's supposed to work most most of the time. I was gonna say your one percent was you didn't factor in uh, a Lucas, so he's the one percent that shut it down. Um, yeah, he's that one percent. He's funny. definitely with the bankers. Well, well, speaking of Lucas, if um, if people are interested in learning more about him, it looks like uh, David Tate's is back to doing his book of dodgeball podcast. So if people want to maybe get into the mind of, of Lucas that that's a perfect uh real quick shout out to to, to Tate's and, and his podcast and being able to see uh what makes him him so he um the few plays I saw him do he was either just dodging really awesomely doing a catch here or there or throwing pretty hard for um somebody of, of his stature so it was um I'm not surprised that he would have as big of an impact on fortune as he has and um I've, we'll see what happens with Rainbows. Um, I know there's that's a great team also, and you know, looking at some of the teams that didn't make it to the top five, like Titan and um, Riot. Rainbow. Yeah, and maybe they just had an off day. Uh, that was another thing that I think um, I noticed. Ketchum said on on Facebook was just today's a weird day, um, mm-hmm. and, we, and we don't we won't necessarily go into Coed because that's uh, what Monique will will hopefully cover. But um, I'm curious to see like how that played out and if people really did have an off day or if it was just I don't want to say first hold jitters, but like you know first day of back to school, like we're a little rusty and trying to figure out our ways before we uh, really get into full gear here. But um, yeah, it's just it's awesome stuff all around. Um, going back to Titan though, it was really awesome watching Justin Acton come back and just seeing that that kid hasn't missed a beat at all. He was yeah. throwing so much heat, and uh, when I saw him, he was, he was just playing like the Justin Acton that I remember from back in the Evil days when when he was playing really well. So there's a ton of people showed up, um, and it was just it was just excitement all around. And yeah, he he was another guy that gave us trouble um, with his throw. Him and him and Bronk in particular, um, Acton was just throwing fire, and and his ball has movement on it. It's sick, yeah. Um, yeah, it's weird though because, well, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to give out a secret, you know, publicly, <laughs> and sort yeah. of, and sort of, uh, you know, have it work against them. But you know, there is, there is a way you can, you can get away from it. 
Um, but his, the trajectory is just so 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 to a certain extent unpredictable. And and so yeah, he he it was great to see that he was you know playing at full force you know back after I don't know how long he's been gone. Um, it's been a minute. I mean, he was out all last year, and I that's as far back as I can remember. I don't think he was with us when I was with Titan in 2016. So it's been a while, but whatever he's doing, um, it's it's obviously keeping him in dodgeball shape. So yeah, it's great to see that he's um, just as fierce and also hilarious as he's always been um let me see i don't think there was any other shout outs that tyler specifically mentioned um and off the top of my head i think we covered well, i can't think of anything i mean you mentioned titan and rainbows and two notable players missing from both teams were casey moses for titan oh yeah it wasn't so there. i'm wondering if maybe that had an effect on on um on their play, um, Casey's a great player, uh, so you know I'm sure I'm sure they were, uh, you know, in one way or another affected in some in some way, you know, by not having them there. Yeah, maybe not as many regens as as Casey would normally provide. Yeah, um, but on that note, I will say the few times I saw Titan play, I saw Israel Bentley just going ham on people, and he was catching a lot, which oh, is yeah. which is awesome because like he's. I, I mean, I've always seen him catch balls, but he's not known for catching, and he knows it, and he's admitted to it many times. Like, he's more of a blocker, survivalist-type player. So factor in the fact that he's in really hard to hit, very fast, very good at blocking, and now he can catch. It's like, well, cool, just make it that much harder for us, is he? But yeah. I, I did see that happen, so who knows? Uh, maybe Casey's absence caused Izzy to step up and catching more, or maybe if Casey was there, he could have brought back in uh, catch him because I'm sure everybody and their mother was gunning for him at all times. Um, I even saw Dave Benedetto's crazy suicide, oh, but not quite a suicide. <laughs> like, did you? Uh, I got to see that firsthand refing, and then I also got to see the Instagram replay. And uh, there was no need to to jump in the air and suicide. I guess Dave was just being super Dave, or yeah, it's, it's Dave. <laughs> I mean, you, have to do it. you have to do whatever you're doing with flair, you know, if, if you're going to be Dave, or else it just wouldn't be right. Uh, <laughs> it's it was it had the flair and it had uh, if you freeze frame it, it's like a really cool looking potential picture. Like I would almost even say that should be like the backdrop of <laughs> not not the elite logo, but you could get away with a pretty intense looking uh, silhouette if you if you blacked it out, but. God, that was, uh, yeah. yeah, I think I think uh, I think he's up, you know, up in the runnings for the next the next elite logo. That'd be a great legacy for him. Uh, yeah, he's <laughs> freaking Dave. Um, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I don't think I can recall anybody else uh, that stood out any more than they already have, or any more than you would already expect. Um, oh, you know who also had a really good game, um, and I don't recall if it was. In co-ed or open, but Alan from Rainbows, I remember seeing him do some really exciting stuff. Um, I saw him just catching like a beast, um, you know, point blank at times, and and just always being very alert and quick with the trigger too. Like really nice throws that were low, hitting people's ankles. I think I think this was in co-ed, but you know, it was um, in co-ed that he hit Jim, who he called his. Um, his his what did he call him his 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 idol or <laughs> his hero <laughs> his hero on Facebook hit him in the ankles on 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 the back pedal off the rush and it was just so quick and it was so accurate um, but I think I think he was consistently doing very well in open um, since since we are sort of focusing on open and so I think that's another person who may need a shout out definitely yeah yeah he's he's an all around good player he's definitely not but, somebody um, you want to take your eye off of ever um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, good stuff. It's uh, man, I, I had such excitement driving uh to Elite. I was like, oh man, I want this to last forever. This is exciting. I can't believe I'm going. And you know, I just talked to to Glenn on on the podcast, and we talked about like how you know back in the day we'd show up to you know a tournament that we don't know if it's even going to happen, or we don't know how many teams are going to be there. But just knowing that you know the best of the best are coming out, it's it's for sure going to happen. You have amazing people running it, like Jake Mason, and you know that the people behind the scenes are, are have your as a player best interest in mind. The venue is going to be there. The teams are going to show up. Your team's going to show up. You guys are going to look really good. You have like refs that are 
that actually give a crap because they have to, because they had to take tests to, to, to do so. It's just so exciting and just kind of bums me out that we got to wait another month and a half. So it's like, well, what do I do till then other than practice? But yeah, I, I want to do it every month. Yeah, right. <laughs> like at least yeah. um, my body will, will get used to it. But um, with that being said, you know, next month or next elite, um, is there anything that you'd be willing to divulge that you guys are going to take back and work on? And the reason why I asked that is because uh, obviously you took second and I kind of caught Jim walking away um, saying, you know, it's the same old thing. There's just some kind of mental block that you guys have to get through. Um, yeah. Again, without without trying to divulge and, and dig too much into your strategy, um, can you kind of share what that might look like? So maybe other people yeah. who are listening can take a, a note from your, uh, from your book there. Yeah, I think, um, so yeah, as you mentioned, you know, without getting into the details of like the plays and the strategy, you know, we do have, we do have, uh, some new plays and a new strategy that we've been working on and talking about and it works really well. Um, and, and I think what happened with us and, 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 and what you heard Jim say, I think is, you know, right on the money. You know, there is sort of a mental block um, against the team, you know, against against that, against our match, you know, against Doom. And in the finals, I think we had like a total of like six, like just mental mistakes. And that's bad. That's, that's, that's bad. That's way too many. Um, you know, games are determined often by just one mental mistake. And so, you know, we've always been, you know, a team that has, you know, shot for you know perfection on the court without mental mistakes and of course that doesn't happen but but in matches it can and so you know as long as you stick with the strategy and with the plays and do everything as best as you can and don't you know step outside of the box and do too much and make mental mistakes like stepping over a line or just throwing you're not supposed to um or you know getting rushed in certain situations you know even if you lose you still don't feel like you know you did bad and and you know you 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 know you 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 put up a, a fight, but but something just you know we did well um, the entire round robin we did well you know through bracket, and then in the finals we just kind of you know uh, pooped the bed too many mental mistakes right and so I think moving forward what we're going to do is you know just stay very focused on what we need to do continue practicing the strategy and the plays we've been working on for a long time um, you know stay committed to it and sort of buy into the system and continue practicing as a unit and then go from there um you know next time around we we don't anticipate having such a poor showing in the finals i think that was one of our one of our our our, our, our you know not so great showings in the finals and so so we'll turn it around we're we're, we're optimistic that we're going to do what we need to do in order to come back and give up a better fight for sure and i think that that might echo a lot of what the uh, other teams might be facing right now. It's okay. Let's think about what, where we went wrong, the things we actually could help, mm-hmm. and let's practice and let's step up. And um, I know that's definitely happening with the Arizona teams. We're all kind of I don't want to say secretly talking to each other, but we're we're talking amongst ourselves on how we can procure a gym so that way we can have a, an elite specific practice. Because like it's it's one thing to to play, you know, foam with uh, other rec players and, and no sting and, and whatnot, but to be able to contend now the way we want to. We have to do practices. We have to get our guys together and get used to whatever nuances we need to get out of the way so that way we have a much stronger showing um, you know, for round two. And it's really awesome to kind of see and, and be a part of those conversations with Arizona because we used to be a powerhouse back in the good old days and we want to bring right. that back. And I'm sure every other team feels the exact same way. So we're all kind of maybe dealing with the, the loss of, of elite dodgeball right now with Let's how let's get prepared for the, for the next one, and so that's that's one way to kind of fill the void, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, um, you know, someone mentioned it. I think it's this new team. This uh, what's the name of the team? Um, the women's division, Love Tap. So someone from Love Tap posted this 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 wonderful uh, post that said something to the effect of, you know, um, you know what it takes is hard work. And, and, you know, they, you know, they had, you know, these high ambitions and, but at the same time, we're, you know, trying to be realistic about, you know, what they were going to be able to do the first time they competed, but they worked really hard. And at the end, they paid dividends, you know? Yeah. 
so so yeah I think I think at the end of the day being serious about it the hard work you know trying to figure out what you did wrong did right and then and then coming back you know putting up a fight next round yep that's the that's it that's the the great thing is uh, practice and then there's always next time you know there's there's yeah. always tomorrow but you know for us tomorrow is you know six weeks away so plenty of time to to get in shape, to, to go run, to hit the gym, to do the things you need to do to, uh, to get in better uh, optimal performance. And it'll be interesting to see of these teams, you know, where they, where they end up during the next um, rankings once the points are, are released. Yeah, I have, a feeling that the, I have a feeling that the points are going to be all over the place. I'm not so sure if this, if this layout that we have after round one is going to stick. Right. Um, and and I guess this sort of speaks to the sort of the dogfight point Tyler made in his article. I think it's going to be a little bit more up in the air than we may expect. And and I wouldn't be surprised to see if you know the points were kind of all over the place and everything was up for grabs by the you know the end of the, the actual season. That's uh, yeah, I'm expecting the same thing. I mean, last year, I think the the top three teams set the tone for the rest of the the season. Same thing was right. the year prior and so forth. But yeah, I, I agree 100. percent I think. We uh we should screenshot what the rankings look like and then compare them during the last uh la- after the last elite and see who uh who's moved up and and who's fallen behind and you know who took this uh the practice thing to heart you know we'll we'll find out real soon who's who's working hard and, and who's coasting so it's gonna be exciting and um, I'm glad you did bring up uh, Love Tap they are um, hopefully we'll have a Crystal Briones for part three. Yeah. And then we'll get into uh, co-ed with uh, Monique Aguilar. So that's going to be um, hopefully a pretty thorough uh, covering. But uh, as far as Open goes, um, I definitely appreciate your input, man. It's um, It was a it was a great tournament all around. Uh, again, huge thank you to uh, Jake Mason for, for helping run the, the thing and and Mark for his vision, as well as Vince. Um, I, I just, uh, it's incredible. I'm, I'm so grateful that this is happening in my lifetime as a dodgeball player. And it's really cool to be able to kind of wrap back and forth with uh, someone like yourself who's been with it as long as I have, because we can really see like, man, to go from cahoots and to go from U of A dodgeball to, to this is, uh, it's been quite a journey and it's just, uh, it gets better every single day. So I appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's truly amazing. Steve. Uh, I'll just sort of echo everything you said, you know, thanks to everyone who has made this thing, you know, happen. It's just, it's just truly incredible. And then also give yourself a pat on the back, Steve, because this, you know, in, in, in its own way is also, uh, you know, as I've, as I've mentioned in the past, you know, big contribution. So thanks for, for doing this and thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And uh, I guess uh, I'll see you soon. Yeah, for sure. And uh, we'll, with that, we'll move on to uh, part two. So that was the recap for the Open Division. And thank you so much, Serge, for hopping on and lending uh, your perspective and input on what took place that weekend. Um, clearly, there's a lot to cover. So in part two, we're going to go ahead and uh, take on the co-ed division with Monique Aguilar. <laughs>